This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. My son loved this country as much as he loved his family. I expected the government to love my son as much as I do, to protect him, just like I protect him for the first 17 years of his life. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. They failed to protect not just my son, but 12 of his brothers and sisters that day. They failed to protect countless Afghans who died that day too. The commander-in-chief failed on the oath he took when he entered this country's executive system to protect our country from foreign and domestic enemies. He failed everybody. 15 August, year of our Lord, 2023, Natalie Winters filling in for the one and only Stephen K. Bannon. We have a packed show. I think we have six guests that we have to get to, as you can imagine, with the indictment. We're obviously going to spend some time on that, but there's so much more going on. The clip we just played, of course, today is the two-year anniversary of Joe Biden's botched, though I think that is an understatement, withdrawal from Afghanistan and make no mistake, the indictment, the fourth one to be specific is meant to distract from that and also distract from the fact that the Oversight Committee just released their transcribed interview with the FBI whistleblower on the Bidens, released more bank records just last week, and, of course, the special counsel that was just designated illegally, particularly to look in to Hunter Biden's financial misdeeds. Now, I think we're going to start with John Fredericks. We should have Boris calling in. We also got Mike Cernovich, Darren Beatty, Gateway Pundit authors, and Dave Walsh were somehow going to put that all in here. But in the meantime, we're going to go to John Fredericks. John, real quick, I want to read what Brian Kemp, notorious Never Trumper, tweeted in response to Donald Trump's truth social post um, about the indictment. Brian Kemp said the 2020 election in Georgia was not stolen for nearly three years now. Anyone with evidence of fraud has failed to come forward under oath and prove anything in a court of law. Our elections in Georgia are secure, accessible and fair and will continue to be as long as I am governor. The future of our country is at stake in 2024, and that must be our our focus. What say you, John, John Fredericks? What a cowardly response he has. I tell you what, Governor Kemp, I got a news flash for you. If you're so confident that your election was so fair and so honest, then why don't you do this? Why don't you have the power? You have the, you have the power right now. Instead of sending cowardly tweets out, why don't you unseal the 150,000 ballots, the mail-in ballots that have been sitting in a Fulton County warehouse for three and a half years, where we have six affidavits saying that up to 30,000 of these ballots 
were run through a copy machine. They were fake. They were fraud. They were counterfeit. And they were ran through the scanner at the middle of the night. We have six people saying that. Those ballots have been sitting there for three and a half years. All you have to do, Governor, is man up and you order a forensic a forensic audit of those ballots. Now, we got we got affidavits in, in there saying they're on pristine paper. All the squiggly marks are the same. They're not folded. The envelopes don't match. There's 30,000 less envelopes. Go ahead and do the forensic audit. If you want to claim that the election was fair, do that. But no, you won't do that. Instead, you allow the Fulton County commissioners to hire high-priced defense lawyers, criminal lawyers, to defend the people that were there, and then you get the thing dropped, and now it's still under, it's, 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 it's still open. We're going to get to the bottom of this. But let me ask you something. Where is the Republican Party of Georgia on this? Where's Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones? Oh, he's not indicted. He's a co-conspirator. I didn't see a press conference from him. Where's he? Let me ask you another question. Where's Speaker of the House John Burns? Where is he? Nobody's heard of him either. They're all running and hiding here. The whole bunch of these people, the whole legislature needs to come out and condemn this witch hunt. This, when you look at this, at the depth of this indictment and the nonsense in there and the number of people they named, this is aimed to do one thing. This can't possibly hold up on appeal. Nobody's going to prison here. This thing is a joke. It's done for one reason. Just like when they ran the billboards from Washington to see that night, that uh, those those uh, days in the end of January, where they had I, I counted 15 billboards down 95 I 95 from Richmond, where I was, all the way down to Atlanta, one after the other, about J6, about you know if you see something, if you know somebody was there, call this rat line, right? All to intimidate. This thing is done for one thing: it is to silence the movement. This is the greatest populist movement in the history of this republic, and we're not going to be stopped. They can't indict 80 million people. That's what they're attempting to do. They think, well, if we just get Trump, everybody will be silent. Nobody will do anything. Hey, you'll stop making phone calls. You'll stop doing social media. You'll stop knocking on doors. You'll stop working. You'll all go away. Just go home. Be nice. Put your little mask on. Put your diaper face on. Go close the windows. Shut the blinds. Don't watch TV. Just go about your business. Otherwise, you're going to end up just like them. That's the message that got sent. They're not going to silence us. Not today, not tomorrow, not the next day. I'm not going to tell you the other thing, Natalie. Go ahead and put him, put him in jail. Make my day. Go ahead and put him in jail. Trump will win from prison. They think this is, they, they think what they put out today or last night, which is, was, was a complete a complete disruption of our entire judicial system, weaponized to the nth degree. They're up there. They're laughing. It's, it's a disgrace. They're laughing. She's She's got her banner up, reelect Fannie Willis. I mean, this thing is a complete sham. They think by doing this that Natalie Winters is going to go home, say, you know what, I don't really want to get involved in this. You know, if I just put my mask on and be a good little soldier and, and do what the communists say, I'm going to be fine. That's what they think is going to happen. They have badly misjudged this. Not quite. No, no masks uh, in the Natalie Winters household. John Fredericks, if people want to stay up to date with you in the show, where can they find you? At JF Radio Show, at JF Radio Show. You can follow me on all the platforms 
Don't forget, I'm on 6 to 10 Monday to Friday. This week, 6 to 8 a.m. on RAV, Simulcast with TV, filling in for Steve Gruber. 7 to 8 is my regular show outside the, the Beltway. I'll see you all then. Natalie, thank you for having me, and thanks for Steve Bannon and the War Room and our great staff in Denver. Thank you. That was quite a comprehensive thank you, and I appreciate that. John Fredericks, thank you so much for joining us. I think we have Boris joining us via phone. Now, obviously, there is an interesting timeline or coincidence, some might say conspiracy, uh, between a lot of bad, damning Biden news coming out and Trump indictments coming out. I would say it's almost as closely linked as when, you know, the foreign wire transfers hit the Biden bank account and then the policy changes happen. But, but that aside, Boris... If you could just walk us through, I opened the show talking about the three events that led up to the, this indictment. You had the Oversight Committee releasing the transcribed interview with the FBI whistleblower. You had them releasing, releasing even more bank records showing over $20 million in foreign funds directly funding the Biden crime family and, of course, the special counsel being illegally designated. If you want to give us a rundown on the... I would call it a coincidence, but and I know there's a sign behind me that says there are no conspiracies, but there are no coincidences. But I feel like in this case, I'm okay to use the word conspiracy. But Boris, your thoughts on the time frame of all this? Well, Natalie, obviously, there's no no coincidences and no no conspiracies. But sometimes uh, things come come awful close. Here's the deal: <laughs> there's it is absolutely clear that crooked Joe Biden and his regime are petrified of President Donald J. Trump. It is absolutely clear that the Democrats know that President Trump is dominating, dominating the primary race and winning the primary race. And you see the polling today, he's up by 40 in New Hampshire. Now Ronda, Rob DeSanctimonious is in third behind the slob Chris Christie. You see what's happening nationally. President Trump's up by 50, 60 points. And then, you, and then it's clear that in the national polls, and state-by-state polls, state he's, cr- he's absolutely crushing crooked Joe Biden. And then if you look at the Biden crime family problems, they're, they're never-ending. So what do they do? They continue to throw these weak hoaxes at President Trump. But what, what is the result? That the American people are coalescing further and further around the president, and they're rejecting this lawfare. They're rejecting this targeting and weaponization of law enforcement. And they will continue to do so, and President Trump, is going to march right back to the White House and be back as our president on Jan 20, 2025. I'm sure you remember when the Atlantic magazine pushed the concept of amnesty for our ruling class for all the uh, crimes they committed during the pandemic, all the you know improper judgments and miscalculations that they made. Meanwhile, we see it's impeachment after indictment after indictment after indictment after indictment. That is, we are a number four for Donald Trump. It's such a, a double standard, a two-tier system of justice. But I'm just curious, Boris, you obviously work very closely with the president. And of course, you're, you're a good friend of the, the war room posse, the MAGA base. You know, when people see him continuing to get indicted, isn't it sort of confirming the fact that he is the greatest enemy of the administrative state? I think at indictment number four, it's safe to say that's not just confirmation bias, but it's, it's pretty clear. Does this really make Donald Trump double down in his resolve to take down the administrative state? Well, you see President Trump speaking loudly, speaking truth to power on his truth account and his videos. He posted a video 
a few minutes ago, and he says very clearly that we have a compromised president who was bribed and is being blackmailed and cro calls crooked Joe Biden a Manchurian candidate. That is why they're coming after President Trump so hard, because he is speaking the truth. He's yelling it from the rooftops, and he's got the largest megaphone of any any political figure or, so, or social figure or any figure in American history. President Trump is, do, is the dominant force right now in this country, and he's the dominant force because he's the one the American people want back in office. He's the broad shoulders we need to get our country back, to rebuild our borders, to rebuild our economy, to get rid of inflation, to rebuild our energy independence, and to truly save our country. There is a World War III brewing in Ukraine. Why? Because crooked Joe Biden keeps sending billions and billions and billions of dollars over there. And what are we doing about Maui? What are we doing about Washington, D.C.? What are we doing about Camden? What are we doing about Newark, New Jersey? What are we doing about Chicago? Nothing. We're letting our country go to waste. And President Trump is the only one who can save it. Boris, thank you so much for joining us. I know you got to run. You're a busy man. Where can people find you and stay up to date with everything you're working on? Natalie, appreciate it, and you're doing a great job. It's an honor to be with you, honor to be with the posse. Uh, my information, BorisCP.com, is the website, hot on BorisCP.com, hot on Getter at BorisCP, Twitter at BorisCP, True Social at Boris, hottest on the grab, Boris on the square upside. Stay strong, God bless, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Boris, for joining us. Now, we were supposed to have Darren B up. I don't think we have him, but that's okay. Luckily, we've been publishing a lot of great content on warroom.org, one of the latest stories I put up, exclusive. Biden cuts funding for child exploitation task force. Now, when we talk about all the reasons why the administrative state, the ruling class here in America, wants to come after Donald Trump, of course, immigration, the way he tackles the Chinese Communist Party is important. But I think you guys know from the fact that he held the Sound of Freedom screening at Bedminster, the human trafficking, child trafficking issue is one of the other issues that they really despise him for daring to speak about in this story. You guys should go read it, like I said, at warroom.org shows how within the first fiscal year of Joe Biden's regime, and I use that word intentionally, he cut funding by millions of dollars to the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, which really is the foremost law enforcement group kind of network um, of agencies and officials tasked with combating child sexual exploitation, child pornography, all that evil, horrific stuff online. Apparently, Joe Biden doesn't think that's a threat. And apparently, Maui households only get $700 each. Meanwhile, if you divide it, Ukraine uh, works out to about $900 per U.S. household for all the money that we've sent overseas to Ukraine. But that's precisely why they don't want Donald Trump back in the Oval Office, because he does something that's been forbidden in this country for a very long time. He puts America first. And with that, we'll be right back. We are days away from the Durban Accords. The greatest threat to the United States dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international supercurrency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the United States and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout from this landmark announcement? Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free info kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. 
text the word Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. This is a monumental shift happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP. And it kicks off on August 22nd. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-L-N, to the number 989898 and claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. Welcome back to The War Room. It's still Natalie Winters hosting. And you know it's a Natalie Winters show when you have Darren Beatty and Mike Cernovich coming on in the same block. I think we'll start with Darren. I think we should have you up. I, of course, want to get your, get your thoughts on the indictment, but particularly through the lens. I know you've covered the concepts of color revolution, of course, here in the United States and abroad, but tracking it all the way back to people like Norm Eisen, these you know central figures. So I'd love your thoughts on the indictment, but sort of walk us through, in your opinion, historically, starting from, you know, the day Trump descended down the elevator and the Republican establishment weaponized against him, how we got to this snowball, that's too euphemistic a term, but the snowball effect to now we are at the fourth indicted President Donald J. Trump. Indeed. Well, it's no secret at this point that ever since Trump stepped on the political stage, the regime understood in its broadest sense, the regime of the globalist American empire has been in continuous and relentless war against him. And to see parallels um, elsewhere uh, geopolitically, one need only look to the case of Imran Khan, about whom we've spoken, beloved populist leader in Pakistan, jailed and prevented from running again for office when he would clearly win. Bolsonaro, prohibited by law in Brazil to run again for office. Um, there's a case in, the, in Germany. Now they're trying to outlaw one of the rising and popular right-wing parties. This is the effectual truth of the, what the regime calls democracy. When they say something threatens democratic norms, that means that there's a chance somewhere that the people will actually get the person that they want into office. And that needs to be stopped by all means, including the most malicious and subversive lawfare methods that have now been deployed in the U.S. And I think this is a major and very, very lamentable step in our politics, the complete weaponization and politicization of the Justice Department. And so we've gone through all of the institutions. The censorship issue showed that the national security apparatus has been fully weaponized, but now we have the Department of Justice weaponized against Trump. And effectively, if when you look at the spirit and thrust of the latest two indictments, the Fulton County indictment and the uh, Smith indictment at the federal level, what they're doing basically is making Trump's quote unquote election denial illegal. They're criminalizing any legitimate questions posed about the election process. And in so doing, preemptively covering their tracks for this very mode of election interference, interference in which they're engaging right now. They're covering their tracks because if they successfully take Trump off the chessboard, which they want to do, they'll have done so in a way that set a precedent that anyone who questions their machinations leading up to the 2024 election could then be criminally indicted 
themselves. And I think it's one of the great ironies on top of the kind of subliteracy of the Fulton County DA in this case is that she made a name for herself prosecuting a cheating scandal in Atlanta schools. How ironic that her latest <laughs> indictment is part of a much broader and more significant cheating scandal on behalf of the Democrat Party to cheat and remove Trump from this position as presumptive nominee and I would say as presumptive president in 2024. The real conspiracy, I think, to overturn election results wasn't executed by Donald J. Trump. It was carried out by the exact actors that you just outlined. And I'd say in the short term, it was the COVID-19 pandemic that really allowed them to rig the 2020 election. Darren, I wish I could keep you longer, but I do have to let you go. So if people want to head over to Revolver, where can they go to get that? And where can they find you on, on all the social media platforms? As you know, we get into the particulars of these indictments for the latest and in-depth, really in-depth analysis of the Georgia indictment. You have to go to revolver.news. We show the little trick that the DA used in order to turn Trump's mean tweets into allegedly illegal tweets. Very dangerous, very tricky. Read about it at revolver.news as well as other breaking news on the indictments. You guys are always lifting the hood on the uh, administrative state, letting us see the, the underbelly of the people who hate us so much. Thank you so much for joining us, Darren. Thank you, Natalie. And I think we should have Mike Cernovich up. I think I see him in my viewfinder. This is exciting for me. Good friend and good big fan of Mike and all of his work. And, you know, whenever Steve sends me a tweet from someone, it's not. It's not that often, um, but he sent me a bunch of Mike's work today. I'll read one of them, but I wanted to have you on to just walk us through this because I think you encapsulate what everyone is feeling today. That is, the regime is no longer concerned with legitimacy. Raw power is all they need. They have it. They'll use it. It didn't have to be this way. In 2016, he won and didn't use power. Evildoers had no need to fear retribution. The strong do as they will. The weak suffer what they must. Mike, if you want to walk us through, what in the heck you're talking about? Right. I think the most important pivotal year in modern American history is 2017, because 2017 was the year that everything changed and that all the cards were shown and that the people who are loyal to Trump were purged systematically from the administration. So let's take a quick step back. Probably here's why Steve sent you that. He doesn't bear grudges. Unlike me, I'm petty. I'm bitter. I quote unquote <laughs> turned on Trump um, in 2017 to 2018 because I thought, wow, we won and we're getting rolled when we control everything. What is going on? There was a website called greatagain.gov where people loyal to Trump could apply to get jobs. Nobody was hired from that website. Mike Pence threw a temper tantrum about General Flynn uh, based on that phone call. That was, of course, we now know lied about. Mike. Um, General Mike Flynn, gone from the Trump administration. National Security Council, completely taken over by the deep state regime. One after another, Trump supporters got marched out. They would get a bad article, and including a previous guest, you'd get a bad article on them in CNN, walked out. Johnny DeStefano hired people who didn't like Trump. Johnny McAbee 
walked out. Why? Nobody knows. So one after another, they were walked out. And two weeks after Trump won the election, 2016, of course, he said, oh, no, we have no interest in indicting Hillary Clinton. Let's let bygones be bygones. So if you were making the case for Trump based on the lies that were told by the regime, you would say Trump was the most norm-respecting president in U.S. history. Tweet that out. Trump was the most norm-respecting president in U.S. history. He didn't waive executive privilege on a bunch of the Obama-era memos. He respected that process. Andrew Klosner and others have talked about that and what a, what a mistake that was. Uh, under the logic, according to the GOP interlopers, who, by the way, didn't win in 2016, but they showed up after we won, right? You know, there's a good quote, the strong do what they will, the weak suffer what they must, which is why Trump is suffering. He didn't show that he was strong. He, he was showing that he was weak. Uh, another quote is people who lead the revolutions rarely or people who begin the revolutions rarely end them. So the people who got Trump in, the people who went on that plane in 2016, the people who got Trump elected were pushed aside for the GOP establishment in 2017. All these GOP conservatives came in and said, oh, no, we can't go after Clinton. Oh, no, we can't waive Obama era executive privileges. Oh, no, we can't declassify this information because then when you're out of office, President Trump, they're going to do that to you. This is what he was told. Bannon can confirm it next time he's on. He can watch this clip. If Because I know whenever I come in the war room, people complain. I read Telegram messages, and I love it. I absorb it. <laughs> I love the hate that I get in the Telegram war room channel whenever I go on. They get so mad, and I go, okay, show the lie. Next time Bannon's on, show the lie. What, what did I lie about? What did I get wrong? What was factually incorrect? Everything's factually correct. So we, we win, and then they go, okay, thanks for the help. We're going to put rents in here. We're going to run this like a, you know, cuck administration. We're not going to hand over the Obama era memos because we're not going to waive executive privilege. But then, of course, in all these court cases, Biden has waived executive privilege as to Trump. So everything that's happening today began in 2017. So just like if you watch an old movie about World War One, right, I think the, the last one was 1917 or 1918, right? It's just a year. If you want to make a great book or a great movie about the era we're living in, it's just 2017. Mike, unfortunately, we're coming up against a break. You know, I always appreciate you coming on. It's good to have these discussions. I know there are some differences between you, myself, and, of course, the true host of the show, Steve, but... An important point to raise, nonetheless, Mike, if people want to follow you, whether to give you love or hate, where can they find you? Um, Twitter, you know, for X, we're all, we're all X now, for as long as that lasts, <laughs> Elon Musk carrying the banner of freedom. <laughs> we'll have you back on to talk all things Elon Musk. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Have a good one. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And War Room Posse, don't go anywhere. We still got some Gateway Pundit journalists coming up. Dave Walsh and I think someone else. Like I said, we got a lot of guests coming on today. But in the meantime, you can go to warrooms.org. We got a new story. Believe it or not, the D.C. judge tasked with overseeing one of Donald Trump's four indictments. Remember, she's like the tough inquisitor for all the January 6th defendants. Well, do you know who she actually gave a quote 
light sentence to, as reported by the mainstream media, someone who was convicted of spying on the United States on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party, particularly trying to get highly classified and highly sensitive military documents. So that's the country we live in, the judge overseeing one of the four indictments of Donald J. Trump. She'll give you a pass if you're a Chinese Communist Party spy, but if you're exercising your right to protest, especially against fraudulent election results, you get the full maximum sentence, longer than even Biden DOJ's recommends. We'll be right back after this short break. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. Check this out. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. She was a victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and took over as the new owner. Now she's fighting back to get her home back. This is why I say if you own a home or a property, get home title lock. Your home property in equity are the most valuable assets you have. By the way, there's reported 80 to 90 percent of your net worth of average Americans net worth is in their home. And home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a 24 seven shield around your home's title. Let me repeat a 24 hour, seven day a week, 365 day shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, They help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already a victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, promo code Bannon. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. Protect yourself. Do it today. Take action. Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. I don't know about you guys. I stayed up late last night looking at all the tweet firestorm coming out about the fourth Trump indictment. And it was it was so nice to see some strongly worded tweets from Kevin McCarthy about how he won't stand for lawfare in America. I'll throw Jim Jordan and frankly, the entire useless Republican majority uh, in that basket, too, because. While the tweets are great, you use some great diction, some great syntax, some really strongly worded uh, tweets and responses. Where's the action? I was about to slip and say a bad word, but I caught myself. Seriously, it, it's it's absolutely disgusting to see the lack of action, 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 as Steve would say, coming um, from people who are supposed to be Trump's allies in Congress. I'm glad you got the flashy tweet out. Where the heck is the action? And there's a great piece actually up in the Federalist right now titled, How Should Republicans Respond to Fulton County? Indict the Left by, of course, Charlie Kirk, the one and only Charlie Kirk. It's a great piece. Like I said, it's on the Federalist. Go and read it after War Room. Still got a lot of content to get to, such as some more breaking news 
from the Gateway Pundit. You guys have been on a roll lately, although I'm sure uh, the administrative state is not too happy with what you guys have been doing, specifically in Michigan, in Muskegon. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, we got Benjamin Wetmore and Jim Hoft. You guys have been working on this story together. Now, Benjamin, I want to start with you, because from what I understand, you actually visited the city clerk's office. So briefly walk us through for people who are just hearing about this story now, um, why it is so groundbreaking that you indeed went to the city clerk's office, what you found in terms of the cover up, um, but more precisely, what exactly they're trying to cover up. Well, of course, we've been told for three years that it was the safest and most secure election in all of history. And we've been told that every voter fraud investigation was was not necessary and that, of course, all the, the ballots were safe. Well, we got a hold of a police report from Muskegon that showed that eight to 12,000 uh, voter uh, registration applications were submitted in one day for the city of Muskegon, which is a pretty small town. It's only about 36,000 people. And um, it would have increased their voter rolls by about 50% if they had if they had approved those. Uh, and the police in Muskegon did a, an honest job. They did an investigation, and they found uh, a vendor for the Biden campaign who was going around uh, uh, filling out these fraudulent applications. Uh, they seized, you know, these eight to twelve thousand in just Muskegon, but we know of many other cities in Michigan that they were active in, and it's contained in a law enforcement report with a lot of detail, even with the redactions, a lot of a lot of details that uh, previously people did not have. And so it, it further validates all the reporting that uh, a lot of groups have done, especially the Gateway Pundit and, and Jim, uh, for the last three years, showing what really happened in 2020 and showing that there was a coup and that these these elections were not safe and secure and that they were not legitimate and that there were organized uh, interests making sure that they could cheat the vote. There's certainly an important distinction between ballots and votes, and I think the Democrats like to play with ballots, whereas Republicans care about votes. But, Jim, I have a question for you before we get into what you found from the article I read. The cover-up goes all the way to the FBI. Um, but you, you said in the city of Muskegon, which is small, you know, I think the population I remember is around 38,000. I could be wrong on that, but you said there are about eight to 12,000 weird, fake, fraudulent registrations just dumped, you know, in one day. That's like 25% of the town, and I know you said you thought that this was going on in other cities within Michigan, but Jim, in, in your, and maybe you don't know, maybe this is where the story is, is going towards, um, but how big do you think this is? In other words, do you think other states were involved? Because for Michigan to be the one that you guys are voting, that's obviously an important swing state, right? No conspiracies, no coincidences, but if Michigan's being affected, I would be at a loss if it weren't affecting other states, too. Based on the evidence that you have available, what are your thoughts on the scope of this scam? Hi, Natalie. Yeah, I think this is much larger than we we uh, have any idea right now. Um, the uh, organizer, director of this organization, GBI Strategies, that's who this woman was working for, they had a couple offices uh, around the Muskegon area. They also had offices in Flint, in Detroit, in Ypsilanti, 
and another community in Michigan. They had, uh, you know, their offices set up there. They weren't just dropping off these registrations in the local offices, too. They were sending them out in packages. So, you know, ideally, we would love to have our hands on a lot of this information, including the photos of the um, uh, semi-automatic guns that they found inside the, the one office with silencers. Uh, they have pictures of that. Uh, we don't have our hands on those photos right now, but we would love to have our hands on those photos. Um, of course, uh, Ben found out yesterday, and we're really thrilled to have Ben on our team. He's, he's been a, a very active in Michigan politics for a long time, very well respected. Um, but what Ben found out yesterday when he went to Muskegon was that uh, these people are saying, we can't really talk. We're told not to talk right now. And who's giving that order? Natalie, it, it appears it's the FBI. Um, who's who's telling the local officials there and others that they should not be speaking to the public. Now, this this investigation was started three years ago. And then on Friday, um, uh, and Ben, I'm sure, has a lot to say about Dana Nessel, the attorney general there. But she came out and she said, well, she's going to refer this to the FBI now. Well, she did that three years ago. So we know what that means. They're going to just bury it for a couple more years. Um, that's their strategy. And we're hoping that... Um, we'll be able to expose this before another three years uh, passes by. So, Ben, I, I'd love to get the sort of boots on the ground perspective of what happened when you went to the city clerk's office. I'm reading the quote now. She told you, I can't talk. I've been instructed not to talk about this. What exactly is she referring to? And like I said, if you want to walk us through all the people that you've sort of liaised with uh, for this story and, and the fact that you think the cover-up goes all the way up to the FBI? It goes up to the FBI. And even the clerk even let us know that it was it was the FBI that was really stopping all of this. Um, wow. You know, we, we camped out in front of her office and told her we would be willing to meet whenever she wanted to. Um, she said she had a meeting, and then she <clears throat> she ran out, and we talked with her in the hall. And she, she kept repeating that she couldn't talk, but she um, let us know that, you know, the reason she couldn't talk was because she didn't have any any of the ballots anymore and that she's been instructed not to talk by what she called higher law enforcement authorities. And she wouldn't verbalize wh who that was, uh, but we asked, you know, is it the city of Muskegon police? She said no. And she, we asked if it was the Michigan State Police, and she got kind of quiet. And we said, well, is it the FBI? And she she let us know that it was. And we, we went down to the police department and the police, you know, and again, they did the, the clerk and the police here did the right thing. You know, they saw these these fraudulent ballots, these ballot applications. They reported it. You know, you know, they, they deserve a lot of credit for doing the right thing here. I think there are a lot of other clerks who did not do the right thing in Michigan. Um, and the police investigated this. And when they when they came out to speak with us, um, they made no bones about it, that it was the FBI that was stonewalling all of this and stopping any investigation. And they even confided in us that, uh, you know, they can't get answers either. You know, they, they want to move this investigation forward. And I think they have more than enough to indict or prosecute these people. Uh, but they're being stopped by, you know, higher law enforcement uh, uh, officials. And, um, you know, and, and it's been it's been this way for three years. The statute of limitations on this is five years. So I think they're just waiting. They're waiting it out, and you know we'll we'll 
we'll see the end of this in two years and it won't matter. No, there won't be any prosecutions. And Jim, real quick before I got to let both of you guys go, I mean, it shouldn't be lost on anyone that a few days after you guys broke this story, Donald Trump is indicted yet again for daring to challenge constitutionally election results and question the fraud. But it seems like your story sort of proves rather well that we don't know the answer. We know there certainly was fraud, but there are a lot of unanswered questions because the administrative state won't let us ask them, right? They're closing off, stonewalling these investigations. So, Jim, when when you see, really, I think the attempts to criminalize election denialism are really just the act of trying to get to the bottom of our elections, which is something that you would think the side that screams about democracy night after night would care about when you see the way that they come after Donald Trump. Like I said, we've got a few minutes when you see the way that they come after Donald J. Trump. Two part question. One, does it make you I think I know the answer to this question, but does it shorten or, or hamper your resolve to get to the bottom of this in any way, shape or form? And more, I think, to the interest of the war room audience, where are you heading with this story, either within Michigan or to other states? Yeah, uh, you know, we won't be deterred, Natalie, as, as you with your excellent reporting on China. Uh, we'll continue to go with where the uh, facts lead us. And, um, you know, it was Gateway Pundit that we were the ones who, in, in the State Farm Center, we were the ones who identified the individuals who were uh, late night, uh, snuck back in the center, pulled out these mysterious uh, suitcases, started counting ballots again, and started shoving them through the machines three times a piece. Um, so we'll continue uh, to, and this was mentioned, of course, last night in this phony indictment, um, but we're gonna continue to, uh, to, to push ahead. We do have some stories that are coming out, Natalie, I can tell you, some people are speaking to us, and we also have more connections to the Democrat party. So uh, surprise, surprise, this GBI yeah. strategy has been funded uh, significantly by, um, uh, Democrats, Democrat senatorial campaign, and Joe Biden uh, indirectly into this organization that's working in at least 20 different states now. You know, I, I never managed to connect the dots, but remember the weird like drag queen nuclear energy appointee in Joe Biden's regime who got arrested and then arrested again for like trying to evade his arrest for stealing the suitcase in Washington, D.C. Maybe he was stealing the suitcase because he thought there were ballots in there for <laughs> Joe Biden. He wasn't just stealing uh, the traditional African garb. I think that was what he actually ended up stealing. But, Benjamin, I'll start with you. If people want to follow you and stay up to date with this story and so much more, where can they find you? They, they should go to the Gateway Pundit. Um, we we are always putting out all of our stories just as quick as we can get them done. Uh, you know, Jim has, has made the Gateway Pundit into a leader, not only on this issue, on voter fraud, you know, uh, fearlessly publishing everything that we find, uh, but he's done it on so many other uh, issues that uh, all of our best stuff is there, and we try to get it up as soon as we can, we can get it ready to uh, publish. Awesome. Thank you so much. The the elite of the elite. And Jim, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? Thanks, Natalie. Uh, that's thegatewaypundit.com. And of course, we're on uh, uh, all of the uh, social media platforms, including uh, Twitter, Getter, Truth, Telegram. 
Um, so you can find us in all these places. Thank you. Thank you both, not just for joining me, but for breaking that really monumental story. And speaking of monumental stories, Donald Trump has just dropped a video announcing that he is going to make a special counsel for the Biden family, not an illegal rigged one like the Biden regime did. So I don't know about you, but 2024 sounds like it's going to be, I guess 2025 is going to be pretty busy for all the Biden family members profiting off of all these foreign countries. We'll be right back. Dave. A lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way woke corporations treat us and their employees. But it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you actually spend your money in less than a year. Public SQ has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never counsel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. Public Square connects freedom-loving Americans with the community and businesses they share their values. Here's the best part. It's absolutely free to join. Just go to publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com and download their app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where you spend your hard-earned dollars. Begin your search at Public Square today. That's publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Take action. Stop giving your money to people that hate you and your values. Go to publicsq.com. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Are you prepared to declare a national emergency with respect to climate change? I've already done that. But he hasn't. We've already declared that national emergency. Practically speaking, yes. But literally speaking, no. And climate activists are saying that Biden needs to declare a national climate emergency under specific policies like the Stafford Act and the National Emergencies Act so that he can use those emergency powers along with his normal executive abilities to make some huge changes. Those powers combined would allow Biden to completely phase out all fossil fuel production from public lands, halt new fossil fuel infrastructure, and use disaster relief funding to roll out a transition to renewable energy. Plus, it would signal a huge shift in how the U.S. is tackling the climate crisis and set a tone of seriousness that Biden himself says it should be at. This is the existential threat to humanity. Remember when we told you they were going to use climate change as the new emergency to institute those pesky climate lockdowns so they could tell you, you can't use this type of fuel. You have to eat this and stay inside your home and don't turn on the power or else the world is literally going to melt. Well, it seems like Joe Biden is set probably next week to actually declare a national climate emergency that would give him the powers to institute a lot of the things that maybe I was being a little hyperbolic. But frankly, I don't even know if that's the case. Joining me to discuss this is someone who always brings the evidence to footnote and back up all the the crazy things I say. Of course, it is a good friend of the show and a good friend who is a wonderful wife, Terry, Dave Walsh, Dave. Now, we have a chart, I think, somewhere. I think the studio has it. If you could walk us through not only why the prospect of a climate emergency is so ridiculous, uh, but also the sort of power grab mindset that you think is probably underlying uh, this move, too. 
Yeah, this, uh, Natalie, all seems to be based on the warm July. Yeah, we had a warm July. Uh, Average July temperatures across the country were about 2.1 degrees warmer than the normal July. But if one looks at at this chart from uh, 1995 to present, the oscillation in average monthly temperature year to year is substantial. We've had in the last 23 years, um, six episodes were one year to the next monthly temperatures changed by one and a half degree. We've had three years where they changed by up and down one and a half to 1.6 degrees. Uh, I mean, this is the oscillation in average monthly temperature occurs all of the time. 2.1 degrees is not out of the normal range. By the way, this July was only the 11th hottest on record out of the last 127 years. 10, 10 Julys have been warmer than this and most of those back before 1980, prior to the identification of this climate change or global warming. But the important thing is you can't, you can't calibrate climate change based on one month of weather. You, you just can't do that statistically. It's completely inaccurate. And if you went back to that chart, it also showed um, CO2 uh, uh, in the atmosphere was about 360 parts per million back in 95. Now it's 420. There is no, you can see no correlation whatsoever between the elevated CO2 levels, which have occurred, and temperature. There isn't any correlation between the two in the, in the short run whatsoever. So to make policy decisions based on one month of warm weather is completely, it, it's, it's lunatic and it's scientifically wrong. It has no scientific basis. It's statistically wrong. We, I mean, we hope and pray he doesn't do this because we're talking about mod- modulating what people eat, modulating how much home air conditioning they can use, potentially how much they can drive, all based on some theory that uh, carbon fuels are causing warming. So heaven forbid that he does this. This would be a disaster. Now, we got a few minutes before the end of show, but I'd love to get your thoughts and analysis on the latest developments in Maui, which, make no mistake, is also being used as sort of a, a footnote or a piece of evidence to push these climate lockdowns. Well, the most troubling thing, you know, in addition to the horrendous death toll and, and the fact of this happening, we got over 100 people have perished, still many, many missing, and our hearts go out to all of those families and what they're going through and this devastating loss. But what we had already already Saturday before any identification has occurred yet by the Hawaii government or the county government in Maui, in Maui on the island, what precisely the root cause has been, has not been identified as yet. But days before we have any root cause analysis, we have, of course, two class action lawsuits going after Maui Electric and their parent company, Hawaii Electric, in a class action suit to pursue them because the um, on two bases they had uh, a power line down near the couple of acres where the fire originated, and they also had not shut off electric service to the whole island when the winds began to elevate. And the second part of that that's tricky because you need you need electric service to have the pump stations working for water to be used by firemen on on fires. Uh, so shutting down electricity, you know, on a, on a bet is not generally the right thing to do um, unless things are totally known, but especially when you need water for fire abatement. But this goes back to the California situation. This is right out of the California playbook, the Paradise Fires of 2018. Pacific Gas and Electric was sued in a class action by uh, uh, California citizens in the state 
paid out $13.5 billion, bankrupted the company for the second time. So again, these states, Hawaii, California, have this pattern of behavior. Let's sue the, let's uh, class action sue the state utility out of business, which has been done twice in California with PG&E back in 2002, again then in 2018 on that fire. And here we have Maui Electric's uh, parent uh, equity cap is down half already, and it would probably be bankrupted by this lawsuit should it should it proceed. And you know, the, 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 I mean, the last thing the state needs now, in addition to its other woes, is a bankrupt utility. It needs a strong utility with a balance sheet that it can borrow on to rebuild to rebuild the infrastructure on Maui as rapidly as possible. Electric rates are already the highest in the country, in Hawaii, by the way, at about 45 cents a kilowatt hour, highest in the nation. Wow. Well, Dave, I wish I could keep you longer, and I'm sure you'll be joining Steve soon for a much more in-depth conversation on all of this in the coming days. But in the meantime, if people want to stay up to date with all your analysis, everything you're working on, where can they find you? At True Social and at Dave Walsh Energy on Getter. Thank you, Natalie. Dave, future Secretary of Energy, a major upgrade from Jennifer Granholm, who's too busy taking private secretive phone calls with Hunter Biden's business partners just days uh, before she decides to drain the United States Strategic Petroleum Reserves. It's a word I could use to describe that. I'll say it treasonous. And I think we could also describe the rest of the Biden crime family. Frankly, the entire regime as that. And that's why we need someone like Donald J. Trump, who, like I said, breaking news, is going to appoint a special counsel to go after them just like they have gone after him. Except in this case, it's warranted, justified, well-evidenced and much needed. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly 250 grand. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay upfront companies who make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. The refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. That's why you have to check today with COVIDtaxrelief.org. Veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of this show. 
Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical, that's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. 